Uh, looking forward to what God's going to speak today. Last week, we started a series called Hashtag Unselfie. Um, and so we started this last week because we've all seen the selfies on every part um, of the planet, whether it's people in space taking selfies. I've totally seen that before. People sitting on the toilet taking selfies. We've seen it before in um, t- TMI there. But, um, but we kind of got into this and, and began to kind of explore this paradox that I think the scriptures talk about and I think we experience in our lives that the more that we take, the less we actually have. And, and the more we give, the the more full we are. And this kind of next couple of months for us as a church, we're, we're doing an unselfie series just through the month of November, and we'll kind of turn our attention to, to, to Christmas and, and, and um, you know, that narrative as we get closer uh, in, in that season. But I think just this whole season, the next couple of months, is really just going to be about us breaking out of the monotony and our kind of self-worship and self-idolization, not that we attempt to do, but that we are born into and we are immersed in in our culture. And so I don't think it's necessarily anything against any of us as humans. I just think it's, it's something about where we live and, and, and the time we live um, and our, our life as humans that we fight. And I think God wants to lead us into a more meaningful existence that does not come by us taking, taking, taking. In our marriage, at work, with our siblings, in the church, it doesn't happen by us taking, taking, taking. It happens by us giving. Uh, it's what we see in Luke chapter 9, verse 24, and Jesus said, uh, anybody that wants to save his life is actually will lose it, but anybody that loses his life for my sake will truly, will truly gain it. And so I actually today I want to begin one chapter after that in Luke chapter 10. We'll go there in just a second. Uh, you can follow along on, on the version of the Bible app today if you'd like. Uh, there's lots of notes on there that I won't even talk about today. Um, but today what I really want to lock into um, is is one of the things that we are most selfish over because it's the two most scarce resources in all of our life. The two most scarce resources in all of our life are time and money. You can, money can, or time can buy you money, but money can't buy you time. It's a very scarce resource in all of our lives. You, if you had more time right now in your life, what would you do with it? Right? You can kind of begin to think of some things that you'd begin to do. I'd like to do this. But then what? Well, I need, I need money to do, to do that. So if you had more money and more time, what would you do with it? I think we begin to explore that. And, and just so I, I meant to mention this, but there is actually water in the back. So if you get um, a little bit overwhelmed, you can, you can actually go back there and grab some water anytime. Feel free. Um, but time and money are these two things that we're always kind of having to struggle with and balance. And so I really want to take us through a little bit of a journey of exploring and, and asking God, how do, we, how do we make godly decisions about time and money? Because it's tough, and we have to make them all the time. Anytime something is asked of us or is presented to us, we, we, talk, about our, we talk to ourselves about two things. How's it going to affect my time? How's it going to affect my money? And so we, we want to walk through making godly decisions um, about our money, and I want to go to Luke chapter 10, the next chapter over from where we were last week. Luke chapter 10, and we see this story of Mary and Martha, and there's actually a book that was put out, like having a Mary heart in a Martha world or something like that. Um, and, and it's this, this scene of two women that are kind of doing different things, and Jesus, where some of us would kind of turn our attention inside with one of them, Jesus turns his attention to the other and, and teaches us a big lesson about time and about money, and more importantly, about his presence. So let's look at this in uh, Luke chapter 10. Um, here, it's the very end of Luke chapter 10. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Uh, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. You might want to underline distracted somewhere. By all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things. How many of you guys right now in your own mind, you don't have to raise your hand, but you'd say, I'm distracted, whether it's by the heat or by something else, or you could underline and say, I'm worried I'm worried and upset about many things. I think a lot of us in our life, we're distracted or we're worried and upset about a lot of things. And what Jesus points to is you're upset and worried about all the wrong things. <laughs> and he wants to draw us to what's most important. And that's what he does here. But few things are needed. Actually, there's only one. Mary has chosen what's better, and it will not be taken from her. She's chosen what's better. I don't think Jesus is opposed to cooking and cleaning. I think he loves a good meal just as the next person. I think he loves a clean house just as the next person. Um, But he's pointing her to what's most important. And I think that's what we're going to get into. We're going to get into a very practical conversation. I think we're starting a very spiritual tone about about our life and making these decisions and and letting God lead us into making better decisions with our time and money as he leads us into um, this unselfish, selfless life. And so that, that idea of like un, un, being unselfish or, or selfless is going to be kind of the undercurrent. And on the top, what we're going to kind of talk about today is, is really about godly priorities and, 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 and living a life of submission to the Lord. So that's really the conversation I want to have on top. But the undercurrent of all this is this idea of, of giving it all to the Lord and being selfish with that. So with this um, being said and kind of us getting this picture of this Mary Martha, because I think we find ourselves in this place where we are distracted by many things. We're upset about a lot of things, but sometimes it's not what's most important. It's not high enough on the priority list. And so what is Jesus pointing to? He's saying that, that I'm most important. I'm most important. I think most of us and many of us in the room would say, God, you're most important in my life. But then when we really begin to look at the details of it in our daily life, when we begin to look into how it actually flows, is that true? Is that true? And maybe the reflection we see back in the mirror of our life is not necessarily what we believe and want. So maybe God will help us to evaluate those things and walk through those today. So I want to begin with, with just a simple idea to talk about submission. Submission. Really the first, if you, I got three points today, real simple. Um, how to make God, like, godly decisions. I think first it starts with a daily submission to God. Daily submission to God. Um, when we hear the word submission, uh, you might think about MMA or you might think about... Um, you might think about a marriage relationship. Many times when we think about submission, that's the first place we go is Ephesians, where it talks about, you know, husband and wife submit to one another, but we miss the verse that says right before that, everybody submit to everybody. In fact, the Bible talks about submission a ton. It says that we should submit to our masters or our bosses in our day and age. We should submit to our spouses. As brothers and sisters, we should submit to one another, um, we should honor our parents. There's a lot of submission going on. We should submit to the Holy Spirit. We should submit to our lives to Christ. There's all this submission talked about. So this is a, some of the times some of those might come to the surface. There was a, uh, I heard a story about a, a, a young boy who asked his dad about um, who's in charge in a marriage. Is it the husband or the wife? And the, uh, the dad was like, all right, I'll, how about we do a little experiment and you'll learn who's the boss. Um, of the house. And he said, so I want you to take two horses and hitch up a wagon. I want you to fill the wagon with chickens. And so they, they, they started walking and um, the boy was just okay. So he said, what we're going to do is we're going to go to every house 
And if the woman, if the wife says that she's the boss, then you're going to give them a chicken. They obviously only went out with two horses that are carrying the wagon, so you can see how the story goes. Um, but uh, he said, if the, the wife says she's in charge, then you give them a chicken. If the husband says he's in charge, then you give them a horse. So they started passing out chickens at every house, passing out chickens at every house. And finally, they got to one house where the husband said, hey, uh, I'm the boss. And the wife's like, yeah, he's, he's the boss of the house. And uh, and uh, so he's like, okay, um, that, that, I'm going to give you a horse then. He said, would you like a gray horse or brown horse? He goes, we'll take the gray horse. And just a moment later, the wife came and whispered in his ear and said, uh, and so he responded back. He said, actually, uh, on second thought, I think we'll take the brown horse. And the little boy said, no, you'll take a chicken and you'll like it. <laughs> you'll take a chicken and you'll like it. So we, we think submission is about a lot of things, but really what submission is about is about love. It's about who do we love. It's about who do we love most. And God's wanting us to lead us into a loving relationship, and not a religious relationship, but a loving relationship in which we respond to him not because we have to, but because we get to, and because we know his plans are far greater and better than what we have for ourselves. And so daily submission is really a journey. And when we think about submission, we can begin to think about like self-denial, and that's not really a healthy place for us to go. Or we can think about weakness. And so submission is not a sign of weakness, though. It's a sign of strength. I mean, we think about it. I mean, it's easier to take control and do it ourselves, right? But it's much more difficult to allow the Lord and submit to the Lord and submit to one another. It's much easier just to plug in and do it ourselves. So submission is really, really about, uh, it's a sign of strength, not of weakness. So if in your mind... You kind of have this perspective of, of um, that's just a weak thing to do. It's really a, a sign of strength. And, and I think we have to begin to kind of wrap our brains around that. Was Jesus weak when he submitted to the will of the Father, when he said, yet not my will, but your will be done? Was it weakness? Or is that the, the most strength that we've probably ever seen displayed on the earth to make the choice to walk and go to the cross? I'd say that it, it was really a sign of strength. Um, he could have, even when he had been arrested, he could have spoke up and just kind of taken charge and done miracles and allowed things to fall over on people or something, but he didn't. He submitted to the will of the Father and what God had planned in that, uh, even when it was of his own demise and death on this earth and, and persecution. So it, it's a sign of, uh, of strength, and so uh, it's not just that, but it's not just self-denial. It's really allowing the Lord to direct us. Submission's not just like, hey, it's not about me, it's not about me, it's not about me. It's really saying, God, I submit to your will. I'm not just submitting to, I'm, I'm not involved, it's all you, I'm, I'm, I'm just denying myself. It's not just self-denial, but it's allowing the Lord to direct our steps and lead us into the life he's called us to. And so sometimes we have a different kind of perspective about what submission is, but the scriptures teach us over and over and over again to submit, submit to the Holy Spirit, submit to the Lord. Me and Taryn used to joke back and forth when we'd be having a nice conversation about what to do in our marriage. One of us, just to break the ice when we felt like the tension was rising a little bit, one of us would just say, submit! Like, just let me do my way! <laughs> we'd just yell at each other and say, submit, and it kind of broke the ice and just allowed us to have a real conversation uh, in love about what was best, kind of moving forward. And so submission is a huge part of this. And I think as we go further into this, we're going to grab more and more a hold of this idea of submission. I think if we, we really want to get into it, we, we begin to look at our schedule and, and, and our lives and our bank accounts and say, am I really submitted to the Lord in every area of my life? And I think sometimes when we say yes to the Lord, we say yes about the salvation part. 
We say yes about the eternity thing, but the stuff here on earth, I'll take control of, right? We have trouble submitting in the daily. It's not, it's not the big eternal thing that like sometimes is a big leap. It's the daily thing where I just want to do my own thing. I've got control of this. Uh, and, and I think of most of us in the room, if we were honest with ourselves, we're control freaks and a lot of things. And submission is pressing against that, pressing against that need, that desire to have it our way. But when we get it our way, we end up losing something, which is what Jesus said in Luke 9. So daily submission to God is, is the first thing. I'm going to try to keep this quick for you today. Is that okay? Everybody just say amen. It's okay. I'm not going to be offended. Um, I know usually like a long time. I'm just going to try to keep it uh, short and sweet today just because of, of the temperature. Um, Secondly, I think how this begins to flow into the actual practical, it's aligning our priorities with God. It's aligning our priorities. That daily submission, how does that really, how does the rubber hit the road on that? It's aligning our priorities with the Lord's. Stephen Covey said this. I thought it was a really powerful statement. The key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, because that's a really difficult thing to do, but to schedule your priorities. So this is getting to some practicalities of life, and I want us to grab a hold of this in all of our, our different walks. The key is not to pri- pri- prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Because some of you uh, may have children in the house, or, or maybe you've got work uh, in, in some form. Say you're working eight hours, but that doesn't mean that's most important, right? It doesn't mean that's most important in your life. So sometimes the schedule can lie to you. Just because you spend eight hours with someone does not actually mean it was quality time, that it was really a priority for you. Um, and, and so sometimes that our schedules can actually lie to us about what's most important. So uh, I think we could feel like some kind of burden by that, you know, particularly those of you that have kids in the house. Like I work eight hours and I come home and I have one hour with my kid before they go to bed. And, and you could feel like guilt and, and shame about that, or you may feel that about your spouse because you're working different schedules and split schedules, or, or maybe you're in a really intense you know, season of life, whatever that might be, and you have trouble kind of looking at that, and you kind of feel some guilt about that. And I think you can shake that off and, and grab a hold of what he said here, but actually schedule your priorities. Schedule priorities. Alyssa, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, um, a wife of, you've probably seen her, she was on The View and Dancing with the Stars, and Stuff like that. She's a Christian woman, husband of a former NFL player, or wife to a former um, NFL player. Says this, nobody's life is ever perfectly balanced. It's a conscious decision to choose your priorities every day. It's a conscious decision to choose your priorities every day. We look for that balance of how am I going to balance work and, and family and church and, and the fun things I want. How am I going to balance all this? And the truth of the matter is that none of it's ever perfectly balanced, but it's on a daily, base, daily basis asking the Lord and making decisions about what's most important. I had to learn, and I think that this actually is a much deeper lesson about walking with the Lord, something that the, the book of Galatians talks about and keeping in step with the Spirit. So we were talking about, Holy Spirit, come fill this place, like, like help, help me understand you and walk with you on a daily basis, help me become aware of you on a more daily basis. I think it's a powerful song for us today as we begin to look at this. Say, God, align my priorities with yours, and we daily submit to the Lord because it's very difficult to wade through these things. And so uh, there was a time in my life, and I might have shared this before. Some of you might have heard this, but um, there was a time in my life where my office uh, at the church we we served at uh, previously uh, as a worship pastor, um, my uh, my door was really close to the, the front of where the entrance of the office was. And so um, we didn't have like a, a full-time uh, secretary or receptionist at the time. And so uh, whoever, you know, well, I th- maybe we did, but wh- whoever was closest to the door had to open the door. 
And we lived in a very transient neighborhood that there was a ton of homeless people walking the streets and they always came to the church looking for help. And so probably eight to ten times a day, um, there was someone coming to the door asking for help in some way. And like I got a pastor's heart, um, but I also had a really busy schedule. I was probably working 60 to 70 hours at the time. And, um, and, and was just really exhausted trying to truck ahead and like what was on my to-do list had to get done somehow. It had to get done. But then constantly there was people like stopping and like stopping and like, hey, I need help with this. I need help with this. And we had some resources, but we didn't have resources for every person that walked in the door. But somehow I've got to handle these situations with grace, with love, and carry on. But really what was happening in my brain the whole time was, God, how am I supposed to choose between all this long list of things that I feel so burdened by that I've got to go do this, I've got to do this, and how do I deal and prioritize between what's right in front of me and what's kind of on the list, and then my relationship with you is somewhere in the midst of all this. And so I think this is, is probably apropos in this conversation because I think we have to deal with this on a daily basis. We have an hour, we have two hours, we have so much limited time. We have 20 bucks. We have a hundred bucks of so much kind of extra money left over, a thousand dollars to that, whatever it is for you. What do I do with this? What do I do with this margin here? And I think it's beginning to ask the Lord, how do I handle that? Not just on a, like a yearly, like big life scale, but on the daily scale, like what do I, I got two hours here, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? You know, God, I've got some money left over. What am I supposed to do to this? Is it prioritizing saving? Is it prioritizing giving to others around me? Like, how am I supposed to do that? And it takes walking in the Spirit and keeping in step with the Spirit and asking on a daily basis, God, help me to sort through these things financially. Help me to sort through these things with my time. It's two valuable resources that we're so often selfish over. But walking in the Spirit, we can't go wrong when we're obeying the Lord in that, but it's the times when we're ignoring, when we're distracted, when we're worrying about all the wrong things is when we're, we're missing it. And so we have to align our priorities with God. I, I did an exercise, um, and I, I kind of grabbed this from a bunch of different resources, and this may be available in the U version. Something that was extremely powerful for my life, and it just may not be your cup of tea, and if so, you can roll your eyes and then come back to me in just a second. Um, but I did something that was extremely powerful, and I wrote, I'd heard somebody talk about um, a life sentence, a life sentence, that you'd create kind of a, a life sentence for, like, this is what my life is about in one sentence. Like, could you do that? That sounds really hard, doesn't it? Like, could I wrap up, could I summarize what all of my time and money and energy spent over my entire life, what I feel like the Lord has called me for it to be about? And that sounds really overwhelming, and it is. But I went through this exercise, which the notes are on the version again for the next six days. Um, and I began to, to look and like, okay, what are my responsibilities? And so I began to jot down my responsibilities well, I'm a dad, I'm a wife, I'm a wife, I'm a husband. <laughs> Come on, let it out. Um, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a pastor, I'm a friend, I'm a brother, I'm a son. I begin to go through all these things that are part of my responsibilities and, and list some of those out. And I begin to look in, okay, God, what are the things I'm capable of? What are the gifts you've given me? What are the strengths that you want me to put to use in my life? I began to jot those down. I began to, to, to look at, God, what are my destinies? What, what are the things that you've called me to do in this great scheme of life? What are the things I feel like that are like bubbling beneath that you are calling me to do in, in my life or calling me to be? So I jotted those down. I began to go through and kind of after looking and assessing these things, I, I began to try to um, look at, at writing down like a, a mission statement based off these things, writing down some values 
that I hold dear, that God's created me in a unique way, that this is like who I am. Like these are the things that I want to be said about me. I want to be put on my tombstone one day. That it won't just be that Kyle wasted his time or he worked real hard and he, he left 2,000 bucks for his family. Like, or a, a billion dollars for his family. Let's say that. Let's speak on the positive side. Uh, <laughs> he left his family with a bunch of debt. I uh, don't want that to be on there. What are those things in the license that it would all be about? And I began to just assess this and the Lord like, guided my, uh, my hand and, and I just prayed over that over the next month, six months, a year. I began to go back to it and God just began to revise those things because it was this big picture of my life, like what I wanted it to all be about. And I began to look at my calendar, my schedule, and that was kind of the next step is like, how, how, does, how does that look on my schedule? How does that look in my bank account? Like are those things matching up at all? And and in some ways, I felt it was, in other ways, not so much. And I began to assess those things. And then I, I wrote another part of my calendar. This is what I'm doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. How am I going to fit these things into that? Like, where are those going to be on my calendar? I've got to, I've got, my priorities have to hit my schedule at some point, like Stephen Covey said. So I began to do that. And it was such a powerful experience because it began to shape the way I thought about priorities and walking in those on a daily basis because the things that were the, the kind of the reverberations of my heart and callings that God had given me, I was seeking his wisdom about how to put those in my life and apply those. It was funny, after about a year, I began to go back and vi- visit it every six months or so, and it didn't change much. I kind of settled into who, who God had called me to be and how this was playing out in my life. And so that may be way overkill for you. I'm not telling you to do it. But it's a resource there, and it helps us think through just this idea about aligning our priorities with God's. And, and it's not a matter of, of like one, two, three, four, five, six, but it's like, hey, a lot of these things are important. Like my kids are important, but I also need friends, and I need to engage in real friendships and go hang out with some bros and like do some fun stuff. Like, so if, if my kid, I'm always looking at on the priority thing, and like my, it's always my kids, always my kids, I'm never going to take care of myself, and a real need to be with other men and hang out and just like fellowship and be, I'm never going to move that up, right? So we've got to like walk in the spirit and say, God, what's most important right now? If it's always like saving for the future, saving for the future, saving for the future, and we're so passionate about that, putting money away, stuffing it away, and then one day we have a big bank account, but we've got no friends, our marriage is, is corrupt and broken, like We've got to walk in the Spirit and allow God to lead us into these tough decisions about time and money on a daily basis. The answer is not always as simple as what's next on the priority list. What's, it's, it's walking in the Spirit and saying, God, lead me into what's most important now in this moment. Lead me into that. So that, that's uh, enough on that. One of my wife's favorite scriptures is this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs um, 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Submit to him, and he'll make your path straight. So when I submit to him, when I align myself with his priorities, when I lean not on my own understanding how I think things should flow, he directs. He makes things straight. Like where mine's going to be like, sometimes I'm scatterbrained, I'm distracted, I'm focusing on all the wrong things, I'm all over the place. He makes my path straight when I just submit to him. I don't lean on my own understanding. I'm just trusting him. Do we see how, like, I think that can kind of bring some, some loose ends here together as we understand that it's leaning on him and trusting him. That's really what about submission is about. Who do you love and, and who do you trust? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Finally, and I'm going to kind of wrap it up and, and kind of land the ship, and I, I think it brings it all together here. But something that I think we miss out on big time is we just stop enjoying 
spending time with the Lord. We just stop enjoying the Lord. It, it becomes this business or this, this exchange. I do all of these things, and then he makes my, I do all these things, and I kind of go through this. I move this into my, two, and it becomes this kind of business movement in our walk, and it really begins to strip us of the joy of just trusting God and enjoying our relationship with him. And I think this is huge and this is monumental and it may be the place that we start in order to get back to submitting to him and trusting him with everything is not in, hey, let me look at my calendar. It's in, let me get back to enjoying my relationship with the Lord and understand that it's not about who's in charge, who's calling the shots. It's, it's about who do you love. That's really what submission is about. That's really what about priorities are about. And we've got to get back to enjoying living and serving God and for God. Like, since when is it supposed to be like this chore um, to pursue the Lord and to walk with the Lord? Psalm 37, 4 says it very simply and profoundly, and sometimes we take it out of context and use it to our own advantage, but we have to get the whole thing. Psalm 37, uh, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight, enjoy is another way to say that. Enjoy being with the Lord and serving him. Like just make it a priority to walk with him daily and to just enjoy his presence. Delight yourself in him and he'll give you the desires of your heart. For a long time early in my walk with the Lord, I was trying to, um, trying to kind of control God into giving me the desires of our heart. And I love this scripture, right? Like who doesn't love that scripture? We love the second part of it. The first part, we're trying to wade through and figure out what that means. But love that second part. Give me the desires of my heart. God will give you the desires of your heart. God will give you the desires of your heart. God, give me the desires of my heart. And it wasn't until I really started knowing what it meant to delight myself in the Lord that I really felt like God was giving me the desires of my heart. Things that I was so shallow about. Like I thought I wanted I thought that that's what I wanted my life about. And, um, and the closer I got to all those things, the realize, I realized I hate these things. This is not even satisfying my soul. The more I, I, I was taking, the more I was getting of what my selfish desires were, the more I was really losing my own soul. Um, and it's really when I understood what it was to delight myself in the Lord and trust Him and with all my heart and lean not on my understanding, when, when it was that, as I began to see God blow my mind with the desires of my heart. Um, I could go on and on about those. Like I, I, I want to right now, but I, I don't want you to think that like it's, it's bragging. But I'll tell you one that's very simple. And, and um, I never thought, uh, when I was growing up, I, I never thought about traveling the world. Um, ne ever. Um, I was blessed. We did vacations here and there in the States, but we never um, went abroad or anything like that. And um, God just began to give me a passion for people. And um, the older I got, the more I felt this kind of passion for the missional field and uh, overseas. Uh, I never grew up thinking myself as a pastor, not even close to it. I wanted to be a basketball player in the NBA. So tell you how like selfish and like blind I was to what was the reality of where God was probably leading me. Um, but I had a lot of plans and I wanted to be a music producer and so I went to school for music business and I was doing all this stuff and the closer I got into all those things the more I was empty and um, never saw myself just traveling the world and um, never thought like by the time I'm 30 I want to have touched every continent. Never thought about that like traveling missions. 
Um, never thought about that. And then just this past year, like I saw that coming to fruition that, that I had an opportunity to be on every continent and serve in missions and, and see the world. And, uh, and I was just blown away by it. And I just kind of like, I just found myself just smiling at the Lord. I'm like, man, this is awesome. Like, I never dreamed of this, but this is such a desire of my heart that I never even tapped into or understood and thought. And it's just given me so much more of a desire because I believe it's a God desire to spread the gospel into every corner of the world and for us to be a part of that as a, as a church and a family. And so I praise God for that because I never would have thought about that. But I can't tell you of, you, you hear me talk about that all the time because they've been memorable experiences in which God has shaped me and marked me for the rest of my life. He's marked me as a father and, and as a husband and as a pastor and a leader for our church. And um, never would have planned those things. And so I don't know what those things are for you. I don't know what the things you're having to juggle right now. Um, whether that's juggling time with uh, your spouse, your kids, your work and school and, and involved in the church or, or what you're trying to juggle right now. But uh, what I do know is that God wants us to get back to just enjoying walking with him. And you could take this and go in a real legalistic realm of like, hey, God, i got to go and figure it out, and i got to schedule all this stuff. I gotta... But you'll miss the joy of delighting yourself in the Lord if you do that. And I told you some ways to do that, so I'm not against that, okay? But you'll miss the big picture of just walking with the Lord daily and just saying, God, just what, what, what you want me to be doing today, man? I met this lady in Georgia, and I'm closing with this. I met this lady in Georgia one time who, um, she ran like a little thrift shop. But it was like out of her van. <laughs> it was, kind of sounds crazy. But um, I, don't, I don't, this was her job. Um, she did this to make money. It was like a van and a trailer. And she just kind of sh- would show up at places. Every morning she'd wake up and say, God, where do you want me to go today? That's a crazy way to start a business. It's just to wake up every day with your trailer and your van loaded with couches and bureaus and little desks and clothes to literally wake up every day and say, God, where do you want me to go today? Like that, that's some faith. Like I'm not, I'm not excited about that when I start thinking about it. But this is what she did. It was this daily of God, where do you want me to go? Where do we go? And she began to tell me story after story of God blowing her mind that she would go to these places that she's never been to, been before. She'd pull up in parking lots that she didn't know when she was going to get kicked out of and begin to like lay things out and people would come up to her and just say, like pour out their heart about what they needed and what they were going through and she would just be able to pour into them with what God was sharing her in that very moment or needs they had. They didn't have a couch and she said, I'm going to get it for you. How much can you pay? She didn't have price tags on anything. She said, how much, how much do you think you can afford? For $5. All right, it's yours for $5. Let me go find I, I don't have a couch right now. I'm going to go find it. It, was, it blew my mind that she would just literally wake up every day and say, God, where do you want me to go today? Who do you want me to go see today? Like, I don't know how that resonates with you, but for me, I was like, whoa, that's intense, learning to submit daily to the Lord and just saying, God, whatever you put first is first today in this moment. Uh, and I'll learn to walk in that. And so I want to ask you to stand. Taryn's going to come in and invite us to the table in just a moment, but I want to pray for you and pray with you right now. Um, Bow your heads with me. God, we thank you. We thank, we thank you that even in the midst of the humidity and um, 
the distractions and the things that we're worrying about that we shouldn't be worrying about. The cooking, the cleaning, getting the shed done, mowing the yard, God, all that stuff. God, we find you just waiting and saying, I'm right here. Choose what's better. Choose what's better. Let me lead you into a life that is deeper and more meaningful and greater. I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'll make your path straight. You've just got to delight yourself in me. You've just got to trust me. God, help us. Help us. Help us. Just take a deep breath and learn to enjoy this walk with you, God. Get back to first things first. Get back to our first love, and that's you, God. Submission is not about who's in charge, but God, it's about who we love. Today, God, we just declare we love you. We want you. We want more of you, God. We pray for your guidance and, and direction, God, in these next couple of days as we pray through some of these things, as we begin to sort through some of these difficult decisions about time and money that we might be stressing over, God. You would lead us into what's, what's better, what's most important. I give you praise for it.